This week, I had an opportunity to assist in a Ouija board communication at Niagara-on-the-Lake's old courthouse. It was interesting, up until we got interrupted. This got me thinking, can you talk too much about the greatest ghost communication device ever invented? The answer is no. I don't know if I've made it super clear yet for you folks. I love the Ouija board. You can clip that. You can pass that around. I do not mind. A straight statement. No joke. 100%. I mean, when you, when you research this thing, which I have done a ton of research on this device, you just see the beauty of it. It really is an amazing device. So you could consider it a divination tool. Now, you might have heard me mention that before in previous episodes. If you didn't listen to, I think I've done a couple Ouija episodes, then note a divination tool, kind of like a pendulum, kind of like divining rods. Uh, these are tools used for spirit communication. They had other purposes as well, but for my focus right now, spirit communication. They're the ones from the spiritualist movement before you had battery-operated devices like a ghost meter and such. This was the best of the tools, and the main reason why is because it was for multiple people. So if you have a pendulum, for example, if you don't know, it's just a gemstone hanging off of a chain. And if you're holding that pendulum with your hand and you're asking yes and no questions, that's totally fine. Supposedly, it taps into your psychic subconscious. But again, it's just you holding it. If, if somebody else put their hand on your hand, I don't think it works that way. Plus, there'd be a lot of uh, natural, you know, your brain would be telling you to resist against any movement coming from the other person. I don't think it would work. I think there'd be like too much blocks. So the pendulum is a single-use, single-person device. Divining rods also Single-use, single-person device. But the Ouija board, the spirit board, uh, which has its roots in automatic writing, which I'll quickly explain. So the original spirit board, which goes back, I, I think, like 3,000 years, I believe that is something similar to what we have today was invented in China. It used the technique of automatic writing. So you, the, the planchet which is the little pointing device on the board, was the first piece that was invented. And you, you, you stuck a pencil into the top of it. And then if you had multiple people holding onto the planchet and then ask questions, and it would write on like a surface or a piece of paper, it would write out the answers. So that's known as automatic writing. Psychics, you know, I've done this for years where they can kind of like allow a spirit to take them over as they're holding a pen and, and have a paper, and then it writes stuff out. So this was a version of that. But again, the, the, the planchet was the tool that brought it all together because multiple people could connect their energy to a single device at one time. So it was a spirit board. It was automatic writing all the way up until, I believe, the late 1800s, if I'm not mistaken, early 1900s. A fellow named William Fold... F-U-L-D, he made it super famous. He wasn't the one who invented it. So the fellow who invented the modern version of the board was a guy named uh, Charles Kennard. 
He was the founder of the Canard Novelty Company. So he had a, a similar type board, and he was partners with a man named Elijah Bond. And an employee of Bond was a fellow named William Fold, F-U-L-D. So Fold is a guy, I guess, eventually it falls into his hands, I believe, 18 or 1901. So beginning of the 1900s, this is when the spiritualist move, movement is like at full height. It's gone crazy. Everybody's talking about, you know, let's speak to the spirits. So people were looking for these kind of communication devices. And Fold was a guy. I think if you look at the image of the vintage not the most modern, but like the, the one that everybody knows of the Ouija board. If Fold's name was on it, it was um, not all of them. I'm just saying the most, the one that says um, mystifying oracle, uh, the one that everybody knows of from all the horror movies. A funny little side note, Bond, Elijah Bond, I guess he really liked this device, even though Fold got the major credit for it. His gravestone. Uh, which is located in in Baltimore. Like, I mean, what better place than that? That's where Edgar Allan Poe died and is buried. But anyway, in the back of Bond's gravestone is a Ouija board. I'm looking at it right now. Just to do a quick search for Elijah Bond. Elijah's E-L-I-J-A-H. And you can see yourself how dedicated this fellow was to the board. But I am also a dedicated fellow to this board, I have used it at many of the hunts over the years. People have questioned my sanity in this regards. Like, why would you use a board that everybody's scared of? It's funny, though. When when it's not inside somebody's home, uh, most people, they don't mind. So I, I'd have people come out. They Nobody ever ran out the door if they saw the board in there as a communication. I'd just say, just don't use it. You know, stay away from me. You don't have to use it. And they were fine with that. So most people didn't have, like, a crippling fear. I assume if they're coming to a ghost hunt, you know, I mean, they're already taking that first step. People with crippling fears aren't going to go to a ghost hunt to start with. But there were the folks who never really used one. And if anything, I think I should get royalties. Is it is it Parker Brothers or Mattel? Who who owns the Ouija board rights now? I should, I should get royalties. I mean, I, I probably sold more Ouija boards from those hunts in the southern Ontario region than anybody has like this is amazing promotion for them and a lot i know a lot of other paranormal investigators they would never bring a ouija board in a lot of them had very strong rules when it came to it they would not allow it at all and a a lot of locations if run especially by religious folks they would not allow it in either now most canadian locations they don't really care if anything they don't even believe in ghosts so who cares if somebody brings in a board that supposedly talks to them because if the ghosts don't exist, then the board really is kind of just for fun. But in the States, I know there's more of a religious angle to some of the folks who run these haunted places that were saved by paranormal events, and they will not. They will not allow it in. Now, I'm not 100% sure where the major... Fe- I mean, talking to the dead is obviously what could cause some people to feel fear. But the other side of it, I think uh, for me personally, I believe it was the movie The Exorcist. And I've talked about this, Matt, just to summarize, uh, the Ouija board was featured in The Exorcist, considered as one of the reasons why the young girl Reagan was possessed by a demon. And that that movie had such a, a fearful connection to society, 
starting when it was released in the 1970s. Nobody, nobody saw anything like that before. You know, people were passing out in the movie because it was so over the top. So I don't know if that's just like from that generation and then it gets passed down from the kids and it gets, it gets passed down to the grandkids, et cetera, et cetera, moving forward. I would hope that it would fade over time and people would realize it's really not as dangerous as the horror movies make it out to be. And I, I can I can tell you firsthand, I've been using it for well over it's it's been over twenty years. Starting when I was a paranormal investigator, which goes back twenty five years ago. Uh, we were using this. I actually was using the board even before I was a paranormal investigator because I was fascinated with it. So even over twenty five years ago. And I can tell you from a personal account that it's never affected me in a really negative way. I've been creeped out by some of the information that has come through on them, which I've talked about before, but it's never like caused any major problems, supposedly like the movie The Exorcist it caused in there, which is based on a true story, uh, quote unquote, loosely based on a true story. Uh, but I, I personally can tell you from firsthand knowledge of over 25 years of using the board, uh, you know, throughout the year, not a regular basis, but quite a bit that I've had no adverse side effects. I'm sure there's, there's, there's more, many more pharmaceuticals out there that would cause me a lot more problems than the Ouija board has caused me over the years. I will also state that. You can clip that and pass that around too. Now, before I dive into my experience at the Niagara-on-the-Lake courthouse ghost hunt that I attended at the beginning of February, I just want to give a really odd coincidence during that hunt, because there's there's a session I love. I mean, if, if you were to ask me, Daniel, what do you love most about these events with the hunts? And even some of the ghost walks where I can just kind of like, before the tour begins, I can just talk to folks. Like, I'm, I'm a very big believer. I don't, I don't wait in the background for the, the tour group to be brought to me. I want to mingle, because that's my favorite part. I love talking to folks. I love asking about their own ghostly experiences. Some of the best stories I've ever heard in my life have come from those moments. And with the hunts, past and present, I know that some of the people coming out to the hunts, they're not always into investigating. So that some of the people they think, you know, maybe it's like a husband or a wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend that was dragged. You know, they're they're they're, they're significant others into hunts, but they're not. So when they're walking around with the tools looking for ghosts, they're not really into it. So I've always been big on the thought that, you know, I can use this as an opportunity to tell ghost stories with people. Because that's my favorite thing to do. 100%. Telling ghost stories, top of the list for my life. Don't tell my wife I said that. But telling ghost stories, <laughs> absolute favorite thing to do. And I do it like with, with these hunts, I have the opportunity. So working with Lauren Holder, who runs the hunts, I, I, I said, okay, I want to uh, have the group come in about a half hour before they started the, uh, the seance, before the seance communication at the end of the night. And anybody who's just not into investigating can come talk to me. And at one point, I think during that night, I had like 20 people in front of me. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. Because when you have the more people you have, the better energy it is. So I start telling the stories and I'm getting so much that's back. So one of the things that had come up, and I forget what prompted, but I, we started, oh, uh, yeah, somebody told a story from a nursing home. That's what it was. They told a story from a nursing home. Of course, didn't 
say what nursing home it is, which I completely respect. So then I, I got talking about, well, hospitals, for example, uh, because of what goes on in there, nobody ever talks about the ghostly activity inside of hospitals, right? Because of the sensitivity around it, right? People are, uh, unfortunately, passing away all the time inside these hospitals. It doesn't matter how old the building is. So you know there's going to be a certain energy to it. I, I don't know about you. We've all walked into a hospital. There's a certain feel to those places. I, I personally, strangely enough, find them kind of calming. I know other people would disagree with me on that. I don't know why I find them calming. But there definitely is an energy to hospitals. So at one point there was a paranormal show and I have talked about this before as well. So I will go through the first part. It was called haunted hospitals. And I I was like, this is, this is a failure. Like people might watch it just for a lark, but I I wouldn't trust any of the stories that are coming through because yeah, folks are going to share their ghostly stories. St. Michael's hospital in, in Toronto, for an example, they share their ghost stories. But, I mean, there's just a real sensitivity to that. I just, I don't think they should have ever done that show. And one of the reasons why is because I know they weren't opposed to making up stories. And I know this personally. I talked about this before. It was the producer of the show had contacted me uh, because I had talked. They they knew I did a ghost walk in Toronto at the time featuring St. Michael's. And they were trying to get some stories but, I mean, they're all posted online. I don't know if she knew that at the time. But she was asking me about a ghost in there known as Sister Vincenza. Yeah, Vin- Vincenza. <laughs> not not Vincenza, which is how you pronounce that name. Vincenza. So I already knew, like, they, this person hadn't really done their research. Again, everybody's going to remain nameless to protect the innocent. But So I, I said, no, Vin- Sister Vincenza. And she's like, are you saying the name right? I said, yeah, I'm saying the name. I'm like half Italian. I know how to pronounce Vincenza. And th- that's exactly what it is. So Sister Vincenza was a respected uh, nun back in her day. Uh, she worked at St. Michael's Hospital in the maternity ward. The infant mortality rate was much, 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 much lower in St. Michael's Hospital than anywhere else in all of Canada solely because of Sister Vincenza. People loved her. They respected her. She was a very rough type personality. Doctors feared her, which I think is a good thing because she was always right. So they loved her. They respected her. And in a way, she was like, you know, one of those tough on the outside but soft on the inside type people because she really cared about her patients and she loved the babies absolutely loved the babies that's that's where her sole purpose in life was to help those babies so when the show comes to me and says they want to use her as being this creepy ghost that everybody fears who doesn't have a face yeah they literally said does not have a face like where the hell did you hear that from that she didn't have a face (laughs) so weird so she would appear and like scare the crap out of people supposedly and those aren't the stories that i had heard I heard the stories of how people felt calm when she was in their rooms. The maternity ward is no longer a maternity ward in St. Michael's, and people in that now different ward, I, f- if, I forget what it, was, what it is today, they see her every now and then, but they don't fear her. A lot of them are like half in and out of it because of anesthesia or whatnot, and they, they, they see this kindly nun in their room, and they make, her, they make them feel better. 
So as a lover of ghost stories and a lover of history, I will not let any show disparage the, the name of somebody who was so beloved by saying that they feared her. And I, I never actually watched the show. I asked the group at the at the hunt if anybody saw that episode. Nobody nobody could remember. I think I tried looking for it at one time. I don't think they actually said St. Michael's. There might have been a story in there about a supposed ghost nun in a hospital, but they didn't say St. Michael's. I don't think they said her name, thank God, because that would have been very disrespectful. But uh, it's still the show still aired. So if there's something, if you're if you're bored, you're looking for something to watch, check it out. If they do mention Sister Vincenza, let me know. That way I can <laughs> send a quick email. It's like, how dare you <laughs> get my get my uh, scary face on? Actually, I'll take my face right off and I'll scare the living crap. <laughs> That's uh, that would work. So, anyways, without further ado, let's talk about the experience that I had. So this happened in the building. It was on uh, February 2nd of this month. So it was this year. And we were there for the entire evening. And I remember we did all that. Uh, this happened right after the investigation started. It was before we did the ghost story session back in the room. I had been walking around the building, kind of like interacting with folks. And I went straight down to the first floor. So on the first floor, when you come in the side door of the courthouse and you turn right, there's a space known as the market room. I remember the last time we couldn't get in there. They were using it for storage for the ice wine festival that was happening in town. But this time, thankfully, we could get into the room. And when I walked in, uh, Lauren had a Ouija board set up in the middle of the room with a couple of chairs. People could use it. And a father and son. I know the son, I believe, had been into the events before. I think his father was new to them. But they were sitting at the table using the spirit board. And uh, it was it was actually, you know, they, they had a really good combined energy, I guess, because they're related, maybe that sometimes you can get groups together for the board and nothing ever happens. But it was a little unfocused. So I, I stood there, I had to put my knowledge to the test. If you don't know, I actually wrote a book on my I believe to be the best method to get the best results from a Ouija board session. Shameless plug. It's called How to Safely Use the Ouija Board by Ghost Guy Daniel. It is on Amazon. If you guys are uh, interested in this, I'll put a link in the description of the show. So there was a good opportunity for me to actually do this. And I, I, I don't get enough videos. I, I'm not a social media maven, as most of you know. I don't really, like when I have situation arise, the first thing I do, I just want to be part of the situation. I don't think I need to take a photo or I need to take a video of this. I'm trying to be better. This is the year that I'm going to be better on getting stuff to share with you guys, no matter how uncomfortable it makes others feel. Like that, that's it. I, I'm, I have told myself I need to make others feel uncomfortable for my own personal gain. This is what I'm doing this year. <laughs> you guys are going to be along for the ride. I'm sure some people are going to scream at me. I don't care because it is all about you guys. I want to share these experiences. So the first thing I thought, you'll be proud of me to know that I pulled out my phone and I started recording the session. So you could hear me in the background kind of giving tips as the session's going on. And uh, you could see actually that I, I was shocked myself. They, like I said, just the two of them, they had good, good energy, good connection, like familial connection. And it starts speeding up and starts answering. And I said, well, you know, start out with yes and no questions just to kind of get things going make it easy for the spirit to communicate 
and it, it did that and then finally they started asking you know for actual words but the weird thing is it, the way it spelled out the words is something i had never seen before uh, I don't, does anybody here remember a tv show called bumper stumpers or am i just showing my age yeah it was it was a tv show a canadian show i'm pretty sure that aired and they had these uh, vanity license plates and the contestants of the show would look at the license plate that had like letters and numbers, but it actually stated using the letters and numbers, it would be like a sentence or a word or something. And they had to figure that out. I was terrible at this. The worst. I, I don't have a mind for these type of puzzles, uh, anagrams as well. I, I can't do any of that stuff. I have really tried hard, but I just, it's not for me. I don't know if it's, it means I'm stupid, but it's just, that's not my thing. But it turns out I think the dad was really good at them, or it was the son, actually. It was the son. Uh, so when the the ghost was answering, he was answering in these coded letters and numbers. So, like, he, he would spell out the number 2 and then the letter C and the letter D. And immediately the kid pipes up. is like he's saying he's too seedy, like a seedy character, like seedy. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, that's so true. So then it, it did a couple other ones, and they were asking it yes and no questions, and they were asking it, uh, you know, what year did you die, how old you were, and it was answering decently clearly. I was amazed. They, again, amazed how powerful the communication was with just two people. So I had, I had just started the session. I was going back and forth with them, and at that point, and this is how I remember it, I thought somebody had entered the room. So I just assumed, because there's a good number of people in the building, that somebody had walked into the room. I didn't even look over, because I just, I, I just assumed that it, that's what had happened. And at the same time, uh, I heard a noise at the door. It was like a bang noise. And I just saw somebody walked into the room. They must have hit something against the wall. That's the first thing my mind told me. So in the, at the end of the video, I actually stopped recording. This is my failure. I should have kept recording. I will learn for next time, I promise you guys. Please don't be upset. But I stopped recording, and the last thing you can hear me say is something like, what, what, was, what was that? Did you guys hear that? And then when I stopped recording, I walked over to the door, and there was nobody there. So the area in front of the door is just the bottom landing before you head outside. Uh, there was nobody there. I, I go upstairs. I looked around. Nobody had gone outside. Everybody was inside doing the investigation. You know, I looked outside eventually as well. There's nobody out there. Uh, but it felt like somebody had entered the room. So it's possible that this Ouija session stirred up the energy. As I mentioned, it was a very energetic session. The board was responding very well. And it just so happens that, you know, you stir up the energy inside the building. We had been in the, that was the third time that we had done that event inside the building. And I know over time, the energies in there, they get more comfortable with you. And things start happening. Now, fortunately, you know, it's potential we'll do them again. But unfortunately, it looks like it might not happen for a couple years because the Shaw Festival is getting involved with that building again. It might fall through. Who knows? And we could we could do them. But for now, it's kind of like on the back burner. But I know as in the more you go into a place and do investigations, the more energy tends to come out and the more experience happens as well. But in the end, I was shocked. I mean, I really did feel like somebody walked into the room. That was the first thing that the experience told me. Like, my, my brain registered it. I actually felt this as it was a presence coming into the room, and there just turned out to be nobody there. 
So as I mentioned, uh, this was recorded. It is on video. You guys can go check it out on the YouTube uh, page, The Ghost Walks. Yes, we have a YouTube page that rarely gets used. (laughs) So again, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. I also want to do as a side note for the YouTube page, if you want to subscribe, I'm going to be doing uh, visits. I'm going to go out to haunted locations and do quick videos talking about them on site which, um, you know, it should be a lot of fun for me. Hopefully you guys see a lot of fun and value in that as well, learning about places in a virtual manner. So having to go out and take the tour, you can just like sit back and relax while you're drinking your coffee or, or booze or whatever and <laughs> see me talking about ghosts in history. Uh, you get your ghost guy Daniel fix, if that's, if that's the thing you're looking for. So yeah, go to YouTube, uh, The Ghost Walks. You can see the video now. It will post on Facebook eventually as well. I'll probably post it onto the discussion page, Ghost uh, GG Daniel Podcast. You'll see it on there too. And uh, you'll, you'll see it and you can tell me what you think. Anyway, that's the show, everyone. Again, if you enjoy this podcast for now, the best way to support me is just uh, give reviews. Eventually, I'll start doing some advertisements. Hopefully, they're cool. I'll have fun with it. But for now, it's just all about the reviews. Apple, Spotify, Google, tape recorder, however you listen. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next week.